Hey beautiful, it's my birthday month and we are celebrating for the entire month of February. How you ask? We are getting ready to launch a brand new membership program just for you. So I have a few questions for you. Are you ready to heal from the devastation of his affair once and for all? Are you ready to leave behind the intrusive thoughts, get control of the triggers once and for all? Learn how to set those healthy boundaries, rebuild trust in yourself and others, and finally rise up as that confident woman that God has created you to be. And at the end of the day, leave all of the pain behind once and for all. Well, beautiful, if that's you, this membership is exactly what you've been looking for. This is going to only open twice a year. So we are opening the doors, swinging them wide open March the 11th, and we won't open again for quite a while, probably the end of summer. So you have the chance to get in on the wait list right now. And you're asking, how much is this gonna cost? It's $37 a month. Yes, you heard me right, beautiful. We are celebrating my birthday and we are celebrating it right. So what do you get in this program? Well, first off, you get access to a private Facebook community where you can build your sisterhood for those of you who are looking to connect with community and heal with other women who are like-minded, going through the same thing that you are. You're also gonna be given a proven roadmap to recovery. You're gonna have weekly video sessions that are pre-recorded so you can go through them at a self-paced. You're gonna have a brand new workbook that I just finished designing just for you, downloadable PDFs, support and accountability. You're going to also have a weekly Q&A live with me. Yes, it's gonna be a coffee chat with Lisa once a week where you get to submit your questions and have them answered live weekly. You're also going to get a couple of bonuses. You're going to have access to my Devastated to Determined mini course to get you started and how to thrive through the holidays and not just survive after betrayal. You're gonna get that workshop as well. All of this for $37 a month. So beautiful, don't wait. Like go below in the show notes, click on my website. You can go to lisalimehouse.com, click the work with me tab and go to the group membership program, get on the wait list, or I made it really easy. Below in the show notes, you'll see a little link that says membership. Click on there and get on the wait list. You wanna do that now because I have some freebies coming and you'll get early access to this. Now, we open the doors March the 11th, so you don't want to delay. Get on the wait list so you can find out all the goodies and we can start journeying together to your recovery and see you healed once and for all from the devastation of his betrayal. Can't wait to see you on the inside. I'm so glad you decided to join me once again for Beauty Beyond Betrayal. This is part three of that little mini series that I've been doing on what makes us vulnerable to an affair. And on today's episode, we are going to look at the marital factor. Now, I know this one probably will be a little controversial because many of you are probably already thinking, wait a minute, Lisa, you always say we can't blame the marriage 
on the affair. We can't do that. Well, you know, you're right. Many would love to blame the marital problems to justify their affair or even use the difficulties within the marital relationship as an excuse to stray. But let me just begin today's episode with this truth. Marriages don't cause affairs, good or bad. Many who have affairs actually have really great marriages. And I know that seems unreal, but it's the truth. And then there are those whose marriages are difficult. Both husband and wife recognize it, yet only one chooses to cheat. And then there's the scenario where one spouse views the marital relationship differently than the other. They look at it as, oh, we have a great marriage. It's a healthy marriage. And the other who strays looks at the marriage as being very hard. While marriages don't cause affairs, they can certainly make one or both parties vulnerable to an affair. Now, let me just say that loud and clear again, because I want to get it straight as we start this episode. While marriages don't cause affairs, they can certainly make one or both parties vulnerable. And in today's episode, I want to help you identify relational issues that might cause vulnerability in your marriage. Again, this is not a justification for betrayal. Even in the most difficult of marriages, the unfaithful make the choice to cheat and must take full responsibility for their actions. Now, if your marriage is to recover from infidelity, both of you must do the hard work on yourself in order to repair and improve your marital relationship. You both have to recover. You both have to look at yourselves, self-reflect, so to speak, so that you can find your own pitfalls. And we all have them. Again, it doesn't justify affair, but being able to look inside of the mirror so that we can see where we all falter helps us to recover, helps us to come through better, and helps us to repair the relationship should we so choose to do so. The relationship might have had some flaws, whether it was hidden or exposed, And those cannot carry over into your new relationship. That's why it's important to do some self-reflection. So, what makes your marriage vulnerable to an affair? Well, we are going to explore quite a few of them today. Now, let me just say, this list is not exhaustive. And we might go a little over the normal episode today because I'm really breaking down quite a few. But this doesn't include them all. So I just wanted to give you some to kind of start thinking about what could cause vulnerability inside of your marital relationship. So grab your pen and paper and by all means, grab your spouse and listen to this one together. So the first one is an unskilled marriage. So John Gottman spent many, many years researching what causes marriages to succeed or to fail. And in his research, he discovered that communication, how couples actually relate to one another, was a huge factor in the success or failure of a relationship. Most of us entered into the marriage unaware of how to communicate properly with our spouse. I know we thought we were good communicators, but most of us, once we get into marriage, we recognize that, well, maybe I was wrong on that one. Things like how you desire to be loved, 
spoken to, treated daily, all of these need to be communicated to your spouse. How you relate to one another actually matters. I have found that most couples have difficulty with communication because of what I call definition. What do I mean by that? Well, how you define something might not be the same way that your spouse defines the same thing. And this is important to visit together because most miscommunication is because you define things differently. Now, when you both understand one another, it allows for deeper emotional connection. It can be like going to another country without an interpreter. Let me give you an example. I used to travel overseas a lot when I was in full-time ministry. And for the most part, I had an interpreter. Why? Because without one, there was a communication barrier. We couldn't understand one another. Well, the same applies within your marriage. Learning one another's language, so to speak, sharing your feelings, what makes you tick, your inner desires, needs, and wants are all important to share with one another. And if you are unable to do that, well, it's like going to a different country. You're going to have a language barrier and you're not going to understand one another very well. So learning how to speak and listen well in your relationship is crucial. Hearing what each other is really saying and valuing it is important. Taking the time to listen how you are speaking to your spouse, the tonality in which you are speaking to one another, and hearing what they are actually saying to you is key. Asking the right questions so that you can become curious. This is what I call becoming a student of your spouse, so to speak. This is where you're studying your spouse. You're wanting to learn things about them. Well, this actually takes time and effort. It's not an overnight process. Most couples wait until it's too late to do these things. They wait until years down the road when there's this barrier between the communication. It's like you're both speaking a different language and it can develop destructive patterns when it comes to interacting with one another. It could be that one has to always be right or you start to nitpick everything. Maybe one of you gets to be extremely emotional and you shut down, leaving the other to think that you don't really care too much about them or the relationship. When this narrative overshadows the relationship, it actually leaves you both feeling emotionally disconnected, thus the marriage is now vulnerable. So making sure that you develop good communication skills is crucial to your marital relationship and being able to listen well, to speak well, is going to help you have a healthier relationship so that you don't have vulnerability to an affair. The second one is a resistance to change. You know, in life, we have many changes that take place. The same applies in marriage. We have the birth of a child, maybe two or more. Then there comes the school age. 
Maybe job changes happened, sickness occurs. Maybe you move quite often and then the college years for your kids kick into gear. Then your children get married and now you're empty nesters. Maybe there comes the loss of parents or family members and the list goes on. This is a part of life and a part of marriage. And when one spouse becomes resistant to the changes that are occurring, it leaves little room for negotiation and compromise. It's like one spouse actually gets stuck in where they desire to be. They don't want change to take place and they aren't going to accept it willingly. This can cause the marriage to begin to deteriorate and leave it vulnerable. Healthy marriages are always adjusting to change, even when it's not easy. Communication, once again, the willingness to compromise and help one another through life's transitions is a way to decrease your vulnerability. Now let's look at number three. This is where you actually have what is called a child-centered marriage. Now for most, when you first entered into marriage, It was just the two of you. Now, I know some of you may have had children before you got married. Maybe you got pregnant before you were married and you entered into marriage with a child in tow. Or you're a blended family. So now you have children prior to the relationship. Well, that can also be a dynamic to a child-centered marriage. When you come into marriage, nothing or no one of interference should be between the two of you, but there are times when that takes place. When you have children, your roles of just being husband and wife are now changed. Your parents, your mom and dad, Most of us are not prepared for those new roles. Now, the energy and attention that we used to give to one another is now divided when the children come along. Days and nights are spent taking care of the little ones and the dynamics of your relationship shift. Now, this is not to say that the children are to blame. No, not in any way, shape, or form. It just means that we are ill-prepared for what we're stepping into when we are parents. There's literally no book out there that can prepare us. Now, I know many have been written, but for the most part, there's no book that can actually prepare you for being a parent. Now, the marriage must be given the time and energy that it used to have for it to succeed. You can't put your marriage on the back burner when you become parents. Because this doesn't stop when children come into play. You still have the marital relationship intact. Yes, you are now a family, but the family is a different dynamic from the marital relationship. Marriage is supposed to be between the two of you between husband and wife. The family is actually a unit consisting of parents and children. When time, energy, and effort is no longer being put into the marital relationship, well, it leaves it vulnerable to emotional disconnect. And thus, it leaves the relationship at risk. When the children become the center of your marriage, you are no longer able to connect in a healthy way. 
God meant for the marriage to be a connection between the two of you, and the children are a part of the family unit. Connection is key if you want your marriage to stay healthy. So ask yourself, are you a child-centered marriage? Does your entire relationship now revolve around the children, and you no longer have the time or energy to connect with one another? If so, you just may be leaving yourself at risk to being vulnerable to an affair. Now, let me just interject once again, this doesn't justify an affair, and it doesn't give an excuse for an affair. It just leaves you vulnerable to an affair, and this is worth being aware of. Okay, let's look at number four, parental crisis. This is where you have a difference of opinion regarding your children or other situations. Now, this could be a child acting out and you both have a difference of opinion on how to handle the situation. You may even argue terribly about it. The children actually no longer see you as united. This can breed resentment between the two of you and cause one or both of you to shut down and not even respond, thus breaking down the relationship between the two of you. When you're unable to come to a a mutual agreement on how to handle the children, this can leave you vulnerable to others who may come alongside of you and share their opinions. Maybe they even agree with yours, thus causing you to actually disrespect your spouse and begin to see their difference of opinion as a sign of stupidity, lack of intelligence, which can cause you to actually devalue your spouse. All of this will cause vulnerability within you to the possibility of an affair. When you are having a hard time coming together regarding your children or any other crisis and you're seeking opinions elsewhere, this makes you vulnerable. So what do you do? Don't wait. If this is what's happening in your marital relationship, seek help. Go to see a therapist, a counselor, a trauma-informed coach who can help you navigate these issues. It's worth working with a professional who can help you navigate this in order to safeguard your marriage. All right, now let's look at number five. This is where you are avoiding intimacy. Hang tight with me on this one because this might be something you might not have guessed I'd actually go for. This is where you're willing, you are willing to be real authentic with your spouse. Intimacy is being real. This is where you are letting down your guard and being vulnerable with your spouse. Actually becoming vulnerable, letting them into you. This is a key to a healthy relationship. This is where you're sharing who you really are. You're taking off your mask, so to speak. You're telling them what you're feeling and what you're doing. You're sharing what you believe. You're sharing why you believe these things. You are willing to actually explore your spouse, get to know their heart, their spirit, their soul, and know them at a deeper level. Now, I know you were probably wondering why I'm not saying that intimacy is being close physically to your spouse. Well, that's what we've come to believe what intimacy is. But I want you to dissect this word with me for a moment. Intimacy. 
It's actually into me see. This is beyond physical closeness. This is seeing into your spouse for who they really are and the willingness to allow your spouse to see you that way. When we avoid this kind of intimacy, we are disrespecting ourselves by not being authentic and actually withholding our true self from our spouse, which will over time develop a huge chasm between us. When you entered into marriage, you probably thought that you were actually more alike than you actually are. You are one, but yet you're different. So I want you to ask yourself these questions. Does my spouse really know me for who I really am? Do they really see into me? Have I taken the mask off? Or have I hid myself for so long just so that I would be sure to be loved by them that I feel like I can't be my real self? Well, if this is the case, it's time to have some real conversations. And before you say, well, Lisa, that's actually a risk, I want you to know something. Love, true love, is a risk, but it's worth taking to have the real deal. Okay, now I want to address number six. Okay, the parent-child relationship. Do you feel like you are the parent and your spouse is the child? Do you find yourself actually saying that to others? Do you find yourself feeling like your spouse is treating you like a child? Well, I want you to know if this is the case, this is a power imbalance that causes one to feel very disrespected and devalued. In this kind of relationship, both parties are extremely vulnerable to an affair. God never meant for your marital relationship to be like a parent-child relationship. In no way are you to be his mother, and in no way are you to be her father. You are husband, and you are wife, and the marriage relationship is a equal relationship. You are not to govern each other as a parent. So if this is taking place, The conversation needs to be had. It needs to be addressed. And if you feel like you cannot go there with your spouse, then I would strongly urge you to get the help you need to do so. Okay, let's look at the next one. Imbalance within your marital relationship. If you have one spouse who is investing more in the relationship than the other spouse, the one who is under-investing is going to be more vulnerable to an affair. Let me just say that one again. The one who is under-investing in the marriage relationship is the one who is more vulnerable to an affair. Your lack of investment actually makes the marriage seem of less value. This makes it easier to find excuses to cheat or to even justify an affair. The spouse who is under-invested will be all about themselves, doing what they want to do with little or no thought of their other spouse. They are absent from the relationship even when they are physically there. 
The one who is fully invested is the one who's all in, sold out. They place high value on the marital relationship. Their vows are ingrained deep within them, and they are less vulnerable. And when they notice their spouse is being absent, so to speak, they feel abandoned and begin to work harder on the relationship in order to save it. And this is an imbalance that creates vulnerability. So ask yourself, are you fully invested in your relationship? Or do you find yourself a little absent? Are you all there? Do you find yourself making it all about you? Or do you actually Ask yourself, how can I make my spouse's life better today? How can I make them feel more loved today? How can I serve them better today? Are you investing in your spouse? This is what will make you less vulnerable to an affair. And if you find yourself actually selfish, then recognize you're not fully invested and you could be susceptible to an affair. Now, there's two more that I want to address with you today. The next one actually is a difficult one, and that is the sexual aspect of your relationship. You see, there is a difference between men and women sexually. We tend to view sex somewhat differently. And I know you're probably saying, yep, Lisa, you're on the right track. This is a topic that should be discussed, and it should be discussed within your marital relationship. For some, you actually look at sex with shame. This could come from your past. It could come because of childhood abuse, or you could have maybe been raped or sexually abused. Uh, Maybe it's because in your family, sex was taboo. It was not talked about. It was looked upon as being dirty. And if you have had these things, having the conversation with your spouse can actually help diminish the the shame aspect. And if it is deep-rooted, having an outside source of help is strongly encouraged. A therapist or coach who can help you find the root of the shame, it can can help you to actually deal with it and be set free from it. Sexual hang-ups are another issue within the marriage relationship. You might not have the same views about sex. That could come from your family of origin. Maybe there is a pornography issue within your relationship. And again, maybe it is that you were brought up that sex was dirty, so to speak. What is okay with you or what is permissible could be totally different with your spouse. You might not agree on what is allowed within the marital bedroom. Have you had that talk? Then there is the issue of the amount of sex that one spouse expects and the other is not on board with. I'm talking frequency. (laughs) Maybe for you, you look at it as we should be having sex three times a week and your, your spouse is like, if I'm once a month, I'm good. Or maybe it's like, look, Maybe if we could do twice a month, right? You're always looking at sex differently when it comes to frequency. Maybe for you, you're having to ask for sex. And that feels like, 
oh my goodness, every time I ask, I get rejected. And thus you quit asking. And now you have this physical distance between you. Maybe you use sex as a power play in your relationship. There are many different things within the marital relationship when it comes to sex. Then there are positions. Not all couples agree positionally. Not all couples agree what is allowed in the bedroom and what is not allowed in the bedroom. Have you had a sex talk with one another? I'm a firm believer that you should definitely sit down and be able to talk about your sex life. Then I'm going to ask you this. Do you actually pray about your sex life? Wait a minute. What, Lisa? We should be praying about our sex life? Absolutely, you should pray about your sex life. (laughs) Sex is one of the top reasons for marital distress. The second is money. Sex is a gift from God and should be in the confines of a biblical marriage. It's not taboo. Hollywood has so tainted this God-given gift, so has the enemy because it is such a deep connection that goes far beyond the physical. It's actually spiritual. And all of this is another episode that's coming in the near future, but I wanted to hit on it today. Because when I work with couples, sex is one of the biggest issues we deal with. Now, let me just interject here and say, sex is not the underlying issue that one spouse cheats, but it can make you vulnerable to an affair. It doesn't excuse the fact that you've had an affair, and it doesn't justify you cheating, but If you're not on the same page sexually, then the enemy can use this in your relationship to make you vulnerable to outside sources that can lead you down the road of cheating. And beautiful, let's not go there. Okay, so let's hit the last one. The last one I want to talk to you about is a broken marriage. All marriages experience brokenness at some point or another. Disagreements that can't be resolved, differences that you just can't get past, mistakes made that cause division, betrayal, all of these can leave you vulnerable to an affair or to future affairs. John Gottman states that two-thirds of problems within marriages cannot be resolved, which means that you will inevitably experience disappointment at some point in your relationship. This is not to say that the bonds cannot be fixed. With the proper help, they can. At some point in our marriage, we will wound one another. It is a part of being human, but it's important to reconnect and repair after we've wounded one another. Examining ourselves as a part of the repair will help us grow and reconnect. Putting ourselves in one another's shoes, so to speak, and learning good communication techniques can help you build and cultivate a stronger relationship. It is important to actually recognize that somewhere within your marriage, you're going to have brokenness. But it doesn't mean that you will end up in an affair. What it does mean, if you don't repair the brokenness, It will leave you vulnerable to an affair. So it's worth 
actually fixing the bonds so that you can safeguard yourself. Recognize that healthy marriages are built. They just don't happen. It's by investing in your relationship into the lives of one another, seeking to be spiritually, emotionally, and physically connected, and realizing that each of you is not perfect and neither is marriage. But learning how to do these things, along with using the skills to repair the disconnects that happen, will help you lower your vulnerability in your relationship. Remember this, marriage is not responsible for the choice to be unfaithful. That is the sole responsibility of the one who is unfaithful. Learning how to love one another better, connect and appreciate who you have as a spouse, the gift that God has given you, will increase your marital health. And if you've suffered betrayal and don't know how to begin reconnecting and rebuilding and repairing your relationship, then I encourage you to reach out and let's chat. I have a free consult linked below in the show notes, and I would be honored to help you and your spouse navigate the recovery process so you can have a better marriage on the other side of betrayal. And I want to end today with just saying, if you found this three-part series helpful, what makes you vulnerable to an affair? If it was an aha moment for you, any of them, please share it with others so that they can also be encouraged. And make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And please, by all means, leave a review. It helps me to know you're enjoying the show. And it helps me to know that these episodes are actually helping you in your healing journey. I pray that the last three episodes blessed you. I pray that they stretched you, encouraged you, and that they caused you and your spouse to sit down and actually have some healthy conversations that will lead to a healthier relationship and lessen the vulnerability of an affair. Thanks for listening. I can't wait to see you next week and be blessed. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your breakthrough coaching call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.